This video has been classified as PG. Parental guidance is recommended for people under 15 years. And welcome to Good Game Pocket Edition, your weekly roundup of all things gaming. I'm Bajo. And I'm Hex. This week on the show, we got stuck into a Wii U game that might just turn Nintendo's fortunes around in the current console race. It's the brainchild of Shigeru Miyamoto, it's Pikmin 3. But before all that, it's time to gear up and go on a heist with Payday 2. Payday 2 is currently in beta and we played it on PC. You and three friends are criminals. Your job being to steal and transport loot from banks and jewelry stores oh, gems. and make okay. a clean getaway. Go, 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 go. Oh, God. The better your stakeout, the longer you can last before the cops show up. The more you play this, the more you pick up little tricks, and the better you get at pulling off really elaborate heists. You can even attempt to do a whole mission completely stealthily if you've got the guts and the skills to pull it off. You are obviously playing the bad guy, and there is a moral issue that comes into question here, but I think what Payday 2 is trying to create is one of those classic heist scenarios I can see in Heat or Point Break. This is definitely an adult game for adults. It's not trying to explore the psychology of the criminal mind, it's just trying to be a solid cooperative shooter, and I think they nail that. I had a great time with this, I gave it 9 out of 10 rubber chickens. I had a great time with it too, although I do think it needs a little bit more polish before release. I gave it a beta score of 8 out of 10. Next up, Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy throws you into a randomly generated castle full of monsters and deadly bosses keen to cut your life short. It's got that Metroidvania feel as you delve into the depths looking for loot. But the twist is that when you die, which is usually sooner rather than later, you continue the game as one of your heirs, complete with an inherited disease or disability. Yes, I think this is the first game where I've played as a bearded lesbian mage that suffers from involuntary swearing. I do love this concept, but some of the traits are a bit annoying, such as nearsightedness that blurs your screen, or vertigo that turns everything upside down. <laughs> there are useful ones though, such as dwarfism, because that makes you small enough to get into those secret rooms. There's also a huge skill tree to chip away at, and you'll need those perks because this game thrives on being brutally difficult. I did like the drip feed of progress here. It reminded me a little bit of Dark Souls at times. I enjoyed the hunt for those armor blueprints and those buff-giving runes that let you fly or even double jump. It's difficult, but it's rewarding in all the right places. I gave it 9 out of 10 rubber chickens. I did find it a little bit grindy, but overall, I really enjoyed this. I think it's best played with a controller, though, as a keyboard and mouse can be a little bit fiddly. Mm. I gave it 8 out of 10. Right, we should go to the Ask Good Game desk, Hex. Yes. Well, let's get some questions answered. And first off, we've got this one from uh, Ryan in Baronia, Victoria. First off, you guys and your show is great. <laughs> I was wanting to know your thoughts on Gearbox Studios updates and HD remakes of Homeworld and Homeworld 2. Personally, I can't wait to see the possible outcomes and hopefully they include some great support for the modding community. Ryan. Yeah, we're both pretty excited to hear that Gearbox has secured the Homeworld franchise and are doing the HD remakes. I think they still stand up as some of the best strategy games around, so with a fresh coat of paint they should come up pretty nicely. Uh, and fingers crossed we even get some new games in the series as well. Yeah, it's especially good news since as well it means they'll finally get a digital release. It boggles the mind that in this day and age with all the possible digital distribution networks it's still impossible to download a copy of Homeworld. But it looks like that will be fixed with both the originals and the remakes set for digital release. 
Yeah, it'll also be a great opportunity to introduce a new generation of gamers to such a classic franchise. And the modding possibilities are definitely exciting. I mean, we've seen some amazing Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica mods come out for those games before, and hopefully the community will step up and create some equally awesome mods for new versions. Hmm. I'm also quite excited about a new game coming out by the original creators of Homeworld called Hardware Shipbreakers. I've only seen one little video so far, but it looks like it's going to be an interesting game that any fan of Homeworld should be keeping an eye on. Ah, uh, yes. Lots for Homeworld fans to be excited about this year, but uh, let's stick with the sci-fi theme and move on to this one from Jonathan in Surface Paradise. Hey Hex and Bajo, I was hoping you could tell me is there any other games like Freelancer getting release? Example, Freelancer 2 or something. Thanks. Well, with the recent surge of crowdfunded games, we've actually seen a bit of a rebirth of the space sim genre. I think the biggest one on the horizon is Star Citizen. It's an ambitious space sim being created by Chris Roberts, who space sim aficionados would know as the man responsible for Wing Commander and Freelancer. And it has Oculus Rift support, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw the other day that they raised over $15 million worth of crowdfunding support, making it the most successful crowdfunded project ever. Yes, people clearly want a new Wing Commander, myself included. Yeah, I just want the perfect Battlestar Galactica game. So far that tabletop board game and that Diaspora mod was the only thing that really came close, so I'm hoping that Star Citizen can scratch the same itch. Uh, the other big project that I've seen is Elite to Dangerous. That's right, the granddaddy of Space Sims is getting a sequel from its original creator. A new Elite, spiritual successor to Wing Commander and HD remakes of Homeworld, it's a good time to get excited about Space Games, Hex. Well, speaking of getting excited, it's time to see how excited you all were about a game. It's your review time. And this week, I'm curious to see what people thought of the free-to-play flying action of War Thunder. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh! <laughs> Ah, good choice, Badge. It seems like it's almost universal praise at the moment, but uh, let's see what the two lowest scores had to say. A random guy wrote, Hello, six and a half stars. Hmm, not sure if you quite got the concept of, of reviewing with no. that. But anyway, unlike Fanny Boom here, who clearly knows how to critique, writing, Controls are anal. Six stars. But other than that, everyone had nothing but praise. Ryan Rules 11 said, One of the best games ever, ten stars. And likewise, D-Man5337 writes, so cool, nine stars. But if I have to say, this next review from Biggles84 may just be my favorite review of all time. He writes, solid flying, beautiful graphics. Not a 10 due to well-filled joystick support. Mouse flies keep banging up my kite when I'm trying to do a dicky birdie. I catch a waspy in my birdie and flip over on my housey father. Still, I'd rather bally my whiskers with my yoke than be forced to freelancer my way about the sky like those hairy blighters. Eight stars. Oh, wow. Well, I don't think anything could really follow on from that uh, quality of reviewing. So on that note, I think we should head back to the studio. All right. <laughs> Hello, <Kev. laughs> Hi there. Good game. Bajo, I'd never played a proper Pikmin game before, but I'd heard a lot about it, so I knew the franchise had a lot of fans. And now I see why. This is the kind of busying gameplay that can keep you occupied for hours. And it's pretty friggin' cute. <laughs> Three space travellers have set out into the universe in search of a planet with food as their homeworld has run out. Their ship crash lands on the planet PNF404, where they manage to find some juicy fruit just ready to be juiced. But that's not all they find. A short encounter with these tiny plant creatures known as Pikmin lets you know that they're not only friendly, but actually pretty useful. You set about gathering up as many as you can and sending them off to munch on flowers to generate even more Pikmin. 
germinating within this game are the very early seeds of tower defense. You generate large numbers of Pikmin, divide them into groups and assign tasks, and then return to your base. Enemies in the environment can be defeated if you have enough Pikmin to overwhelm them. Then they'll carry the creature's body back to their onion base and turn it into more Pikmin. Circle of life, really? <laughs> you start out with red Pikmin, who are good to have a lot of as they're flame-resistant, good fighters, and good at munching their way through sand walls. Later on, you'll also get rock Pikmin. These sturdy dudes deal heavy blows when thrown directly at enemies and can break crystal to get at the rewards inside. You'll also get Pikmin that can go underwater, and some that are shock-resistant and create their own electrical currents to light up caverns. Yes, and it all sounds relatively simple, but your time management and leadership skills will be tested with each day of exploration. And there are so many ways for your Pikmin to die. They can get trampled or eaten by enemies, they can burn or drown. And when the sun sets at the end of the day, if you don't have all of your Pikmin back at base, then they'll be left out in the cold to be gobbled up by beasties. Plus, with limited hours in each day, the more Pikmin you lose, the more time you waste the next day generating more instead of collecting fruit or solving puzzles to get through the world's environment. The puzzles are fairly straightforward. Usually it's just about working out how to use your various Pikmin's skills to get them from point A to point B, to gather pieces to build a bridge or collect a hard-to-reach piece of fruit, for example. It's stressful, but in a good way, and I think they've really nailed the balance of difficulty here, making time management the most important part of the game. Yeah, if you don't make good use of your time, you're better off starting from an earlier day, rather than trying to muddle through each day as you use up more fruit, because you'll eventually get to a point where you'll just run out. I actually got as far as day 11 and then I went all the way back to day 5 when I got stuck with no more fruit to collect. But replaying isn't tedious, it's satisfying because you're always finding ways to get smarter and better and more efficient at what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. I actually bypassed a boss battle to focus on gathering more Pikmin and more fruit, but I ended up wasting days and fruit in the process. I realised that by getting it out of the way, the rewards from that fight sent me forward to a new area. So I did a bit of backtracking as well. The boss fights are tough, but I do like the way they make use of all your different colours of Pikmin. Yeah, although I often did find in these frantic fights that the controls just weren't precise enough to round up my Pikmin as quickly as I'd like, and that got a bit fiddly and frustrating. I think the part of this game that will keep me coming back is that bingo battle mode. Here, you can go head-to-head -head against a friend to pit armies of Pikmin against each other to see who can collect enough items to complete their bingo card. Bingo! Or you can just try and wipe out the other team's Pikmin. You know, we often criticise Nintendo for releasing the same game year after year, and while I think that is a valid criticism, this has had a big enough gap that it feels fresh and new. So I gave it 8.5 out of 10 rubber chickens. You know, I wasn't sure about this at first. I was running around a bit bewildered collecting pears and limes and wondering what the point of it all was, but something happened when I went and restarted from an earlier day, and it's like I just got it, and from then on I couldn't put it down. I absolutely adored this. I gave it 9 out of 10. Well, that's all the time we have with Pocket Edition this week, but don't forget you can catch full half-hour episodes of Good Game on ABC2, 8.30pm on Tuesday nights. Yes, and if you have any gaming-related questions or any issues you'd like us to discuss, you can send them in here. Next week on the show, two very interesting indie games, Influx and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So until then, may all your Pikmin remain intact. Barjo out. Hex out. <laughs>